Hey everybody and welcome back to Journey Through Grill Island, episode 19. Uh, I'm your host, Zig, and I'm being joined by... Sarah. Barry. And Emma. And it is great to be back after a very long absence, a very stuffed start couple of years, but we're back in the saddle now. And I suppose we should <laughs> explain where we've been. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been a bit of a global pandemic happening. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, made things a bit difficult for recording for us. And also we've had a lot of real life things going on as well. Nothing sad, just, you know. Uh, we, stopped, we, we stopped talking to each other for about six months there in the middle. <laughs> uh, it was very bitter. Um, but I've forgiven Zig now, so you know we're 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 back on it. I'm like I'm a bit worried about Peter Jackson's documentary and how it will show me, but I'm excited yeah. for it nonetheless. It's gonna look great if nothing else, you know. I've, yeah, I've never seen myself in ultra HD. <laughs> so Emma, what what were you up to in our absence? Well, I suppose. Um, my life kind of got in the way of the entire podcast, so I do apologize for that. I decided to m- quit my job and move across the country and uh, become a chef. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I spent three months doing that in a very remote town, um, and I didn't, with really shitty internet access. So I do apologize <laughs> for that. But on the upside, I can now... Um, make really good food so that's me sarah what what have you been up to um you really shouldn't have let emma go first (laughs) oh yeah i feel bad though (laughs) um because i have done absolutely nothing with my life make up make up a lie sarah make up a lie yeah oh Uh, um uh, me and sarah now co-own progress wrestling i don't know if you saw that news uh in the last (laughs) few months very excited yeah, I've been calling people all day, every day. That's why I have no time to podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're too busy getting them up back on the wraps. Um, and having great matches and really witty show titles. We're very excited for what's to come. That's that's tremendous news. Um, I'm, I'm the same as Sarah. I have done nothing for the past two years. Um, but sit and wait for the show to return, honing <laughs> my hosting skills, asking people in the street what they thought of Super Dragon. Barry, you no, I mean quite a successful streamer. Yeah, I mean that again. You know, we had the, I had my uh, which one left the Beatles. Uh, uh, I didn't watch that documentary. See, I should have done my George homework. George oh. Harrison does. George Harrison does. Yeah, I guess I'm him then. Um, that's why we couldn't do this. I was being a diva, and I was too busy off doing my own my own um, incredibly successful projects that are just through the roof. I mean, they really are. Um, uh, he, Zig was was stopping people on the street. People were stopping me on the street, saying, "Mate, oh, Bloodborne." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. It's great." Have we? Did we? Did we all get COVID over the break? I know I did. I know Emma did. You know. Um, well, no, COVID free so far. Really? From the very beginning? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's what we mean when we've done nothing for two years. We yes. didn't even get the thing. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Just uh, on the Beatles. Go on. Which Beatles are we? Oh. 
Oh. Um, less enthused by this fun idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ringo. You're not Ringo. Why not? Why not? You'd be, you'd be one of the more driving. No, I'm Ringo. No, Ringo's the background one. Yeah, still alive. I can't say that now. Because... But yeah, she, she hasn't been. She hasn't been assassinated yet. So yeah. she's yeah. you know enduring. Yeah, but she's most likely to be assassinated. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> okay. I, I don't want to be John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm Harrison. I've dibs Harrison already. I'm jealous of the Ringo because I want my uh, Simpsons cameo. Put it on. Oh. Okay, you can be Ringo. I'll be Lennon. In England, <laughs> we call them chips. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, ima- but listen, imagine flying into Liverpool in MAG International. <laughs> okay, that'd be pretty cool. But I wouldn't be around to see it. So in my mind, that's already kind of happened. Any, uh, God, I don't think you it? have to be dead. To <laughs> have an airport named after you? I think you do. Uh, hang on. Is there, no, is there no other airports named after living people? I assume Charles de Gaulle is a dead fella. JFK uh, definitely done so. I know that. Well. <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah, sorry. I don't know that. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, God. Any day now. Any day now. Yeah. <laughs> So I get, I get, so that makes me Paul. That makes sense. Who's our Yoko? Oh. Now that's a question. Boy. <laughs> no boy is our Yoko. Yeah. That definitely makes you John. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. Snowboy's our Yoko and he's oh. turning me against everyone. Oh, Except he never shuts up. There's a big difference, but <laughs> thematically they're the same. Oh, dear. Little, little, little Snowco. <laughs> oh my god. Snowco, oh no. I love that. That's pretty good. That'd be a good wrestler name as well. <laughs> Tag team with Sonny Ono. Oh <laughs> god. He, he charges you for uh, Disneyland tickets. <laughs> oh god. Oh. Good question. Thank you, uh, uh, listener Z, for that question. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose we should talk about some wrestling now. I suppose we should. If we have to. We have a great card coming up next month in bloody old London, mate. Um, uh, (laughs) You know, uh, I can't even pretend to know any of the wrestlers. Never mind. Let's go on to PWG. (laughs) Anthony Ogogo, he'll be there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. sorry before we get into the show does anyone remember he used to do those subway ads Anthony Ogogo around the what? Olympics he was like chicken teriyaki lettuce that's my subway I, I do remember, remember that same what I didn't, I, I didn't even know I he was know that he famous is. before AEW yeah does, does he like punch with it or what does he do with it <laughs> he no he just eats it oh okay how do you think endorsements work Barry <laughs> Yeah, I just pictured him like, like one hand he's sparring, and the other he turns to the camera, and in the other hand he's got a little chicken teriyaki. He's up, oh, delicious. <laughs> and he's like, I only got a foot long because I'm tall. That little <laughs> bitch, Jonathan Gresham, gets a six inch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's what perfect. a day that was! That's why he got sent to progress. <laughs> Too much heat, brother. You gotta get out. <laughs> it's like Puerto Rico. Oh wow! <laughs> oh dear. Right. <laughs> PWG. PWG. December 18th, 2004, to be exact. 
Uh, the show is Uncanny Xmas. So we're about two months and 16 years too late. The show took place from the Jewish Community Centre, like all good Christmas events. <laughs> and according to Cage Match, it had the usual 200 fans. I, I don't know about that. Although they were very loud and very annoying. Extremely yeah. annoying, yeah. It might as well have been 500 arseholes in there. Um, I, I, I think it was the worst one. Yeah, or, or maybe, you, I mean, I suppose this might be a good time to mention. So we were watching a commentary-free version, which, made, which meant we heard every stupid comment and bit that a fan wanted to do that died on its arse. But of course, he kept going. Uh, we heard all of that in all their glory. Uh, on this show so maybe it wasn't worse maybe we just heard it better yeah. um for whatever reason this isn't uh this isn't on high spots uh, uh subscription uh service gimmick uh, but they have the individual show for sale uh which we got but it does not have commentary so we have to hear that it, it seems to be just a rip of the main feed of the dvd because and, and a not great one as well <laughs> no because unfortunately there was no post-show promos either that was unfortunate um, especially as well because Colt Cabana was joining Disco and Excalibur on commentary, so it would have would have been nice to hear something a bit different. Yeah, Do you think there's any reason why High Spots wouldn't have it on. Is there anything from the card or anything that would be like, oh, well, they can't <laughs> put this on? There was one thing, but it could easily have been edited out. I thought, but uh, El Dino drops a hard N word. But we get an yeah. N-word in most shows. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah I think that's definitely what it is. I just say that's the only thing I caught. Yeah. Yeah, it must be like it is actually weird because yeah, so we saw there was um was a Top Gun like a couple months ago tweet about it how we like that show, but it's not on the service, so they know it's not on the service. But yeah, there's nothing nothing worse than what is on the service, uh is on this show. So I'm kind of curious because they still sell it on its own, which is which kind of makes it weirder. Like you could maybe understand if it was something where it's like, oh, we just need to pull this whole thing, or if it was a, you know, if it was a horrible show. Again, that's certainly not the standard based on some of the early ones we watched. Um, yeah, and look, every single Joey Ryan show is up there. Yeah, yeah, it's, maybe, it's very odd. Yeah, maybe they were like, this crowd is shit. We don't want people to listen. Yeah, to them. they're exposing the business. Yeah, one of them kept going during matches when. When uh, you know someone was getting the shit beat out of them, he'd always go fire up, fire up. Oh god, oh, such a wanker! It's yeah, the worst. there is there is like highs and lows of not having the commentary because obviously the load, like again having to hear all that stuff is annoying. But I will say I did kind of appreciate that when the show started up, and you've got uh, typically on a normal month when we're watching the other shows on the high spot streaming, the show starts up and the commentary track is there. So you've got the hustle and bustle of the audience. You've got someone speaking into a very poorly uh, volumed mic. Uh, and then on the commentary, you've got, and we're back, Disco. It's funny to think, I was just watching a Kurt Russell movie the other day. And anyway, did you see what happened last night on TV? And it's like, there's like six people talking at once, usually when these shows start. You've got two commentators talking about whatever. The crowd are screaming stupid stuff. Someone is in the ring talking rubbish. Uh, it was nice when this one started up. It's like, oh. They're just doing the ring announcements. I can just hear it. That's that's uh, uh, a simple pleasure. But uh, uh, if I had the choice, I would take the commentary every time, I would say. I found the show a lot easier to watch because you're only concentrating on one thing. I will say, though, I think we needed the commentary for this first match if we want to <laughs> yeah. start getting into it. 
So in our first match, we had Human Tornado and Ronan against Top Gun Talwar and Excalibur. But this match was the Ballard's careers on the line. That was in like the graphic at the start, but I don't really have any further information on what that entails in this match, to be quite honest, because commentary wasn't there to really explain. And I don't I didn't catch anything from uh, Dino Claus at the start um to explain it. Well, I caught a few slurs from Santa. Um, but yeah, so it seemed to me because when the Ballards thing happened in the last show, didn't Human Tornado run in to like yeah. defend them? Yeah. So uh, Human Tornado and Ronan are fighting for their honor. I would to get them back in. Yeah, that's it. But it's not really explained to us, and it really doesn't make sense. <laughs> like there's no like. There's nothing at the end that makes us go like the Ballard thing that's been going on maybe for us, maybe their longest storyline so far. Yeah. 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 They're also heels. Yeah. <laughs> so to just kind of wrap it up like this, this match didn't need that really. I mean, it's an opening match. It could have been anything. And it was mainly a comedy match as well. Yeah. So that like was like, oh, there's high stakes on this one. This was like a Chipotle match. This wasn't a... <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. I did enjoy it, though. Yeah, explain the Chipotle thing. So Top Gun is now uh, like clean from all the drugs, I think. Um, and so instead... But Chipotle is his new vice. So he's like a Chipotle guy, and he has a move at the end called the Chipotle drop. And... Yeah, that's all I could gather. <laughs> See, like, without the commentary, you know, we lack the exposition. It's like some experimental David Lynch thing where we have to try and piece together <laughs> what's happening based on clues. Um, I did like when Tornado whipped out a Chipotle and used it to coax uh, Tower out of the ring. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And then someone in the crowd said, Chipotle sucks. <gasps> Tower went off on him. <laughs> Too right. Chipotle is nice. The one time I've had it, ever. There was a callback to many, many moons ago when Talwar starts go- moving around like a gorilla and says he's the pro wrestling gorilla, <laughs> which in year one he was. Um, I don't know if you remember that. He dressed up and he attacked someone. Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I caught it, and I thought it was very clever. Well, yeah, you're the you're the, the detail observer, you know. Um, yeah, this this was, I think, now what we've kind of come to expect from these kind of openers, and that it was a little bit of action, but also a lot of comedy. And I think it was a, a fine split of both. I think. Yeah, I thought Top Gun was the star. Like he was a lot of fun. He always is, though, isn't he, Top Gun? I think he's like one of the most perfect opening match wrestlers. Like if I was going to a show. Top Gun would get me into it, like just the energy alone. Doesn't even matter, like the work rate in the match. I think he's just so good at that role. He is a perfect, like, uh, indie show kind of opener guy to get you jazzed. Yeah. Disco Machine picks up the win for his team uh, with a Disco with a Machine. Or Wait, what? Oh, if only, if only. <laughs> I'm getting my. Uh... My funk character's mixed up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Human Tornado picks up the win for his team with the DND. 
um, which means the Ballards are reinstated. Yes. We assume. We assume. <laughs> Unless there was like lore on commentary that said actually Tornado hates them and yeah. he was he was fighting to keep them out, uh, which could happen, you know. As is the usual, there was no pomp and circumstance after. It's not like the Ballards came out and celebrated, so we have no idea until they're maybe on the card next month. That's I why so. I was so confused. Sorry, that's why it's like, why weren't they there, like at ringside? Because they're banned. cheering them on, but they could buy a ticket. There were empty seats. Oh, the cl- the classic. Oh, oh, I've got a ticket. I'm allowed yeah. to be here. Oh, I love they that. Done that. Yeah, it would have been great. But no. Oh, oh well. Yeah, I never actually thought of that. That they were banned, so that's why they couldn't compete. That maybe makes a bit more sense to me now. Well, that's that's why they're dressed up as uh, luchador. No, I, I knew I know that, but I, it didn't make sense to me why like Human Tornado and Ronin were fighting for their honor because they. Oh right, right, right. If they were makes more sense. Now. Uh, fa- famous stip honoring uh, storyline monitoring pr- uh, pr- uh, promotion PWG, <laughs> making sure that they they stick to that. Said this was their top storyline. This is probably yeah. the storyline they're remembered for the most. If you ask anyone. <laughs> I love you'll say classic PWG, that. and you'll say, "Oh, remember that Ballard?" Oh, <laughs> we love it. Los <laughs> Rojos. Oh my God. Dios oh, Dios. oh, they AEW got me. They got me. Never. They got me into lucha. Yeah, they were so good. <laughs> uh, Ro- Rojos two taught me it was okay to be weird. You know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one got me. Got me good. Can it- can I like make mention of one really cool move in this? I always love whenever anyone does this move. You don't see it that often. Excalibur does the uh, German suplex off the top, where he like, but he pulls himself back up. He keeps his legs uh, yeah. tangled in the post. I always love that move. Anytime anyone does that, uh, it was pretty nasty looking. Uh, uh, Ronan landed right in his head, but you know, he, he 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 got up and he was able to do a pretty sick uh, Death Valley driver in a few, like a second later. So he it was he was okay. Yeah, definitely. I think we've moved out of the offensively bad wrestling now. Yeah. So after this match, Paul T comes out to greet his crackers, and he talks about Tony Stradlin and how he feels he's not achieving his potential. He's not uh, doing as well as he should be because he's currently 0-3, even though I think like one of them was a title match. and like They're all against really top guys. <laughs> but... Uh, he wants to test him even further. So he flies in Christopher Daniels to face Tony Stradlin. Uh, before we get to the match, you missed an important bit here. Very oh, yeah. important. Uh, Paul T. wished Merry Christmas to the Crackers. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget that. Come on. Sorry. Come on. Yeah. Um, well, he's a good commissioner. He keeps the fan base happy. Well, he does. Yeah. You know, you know, he, he might not, he might have his distaste for them, but they still get to have a nice Christmas. And, and on behalf of them, we say thank you. Also, when he was announcing that there was like a surprise guest, someone did someone start chanting for Kane? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was amazing because <laughs> that's not something I would do. <laughs> and that would have been good. Yeah. So, what do what do we think of this match, Sarah? This is the sort of match, and I oh my god, I feel like it's deja vu. It was like aggressively fine. You know what I mean? Like Tony Stradlin looked fine. Christopher Daniels is the ultimate pro and, and gave him so much. And and isn't that now like another match that Christopher Daniels has lost in this company? 
like didn't like he lost to um oh my god my brain's gone blank the guy who went to the navy oh Bobby, uh, Bobby Quans Bobby Quans like, bless him like he like he gives a lot in these matches in PWG and you kind of forget like 2004 Christopher Daniels is pretty big you you know what I mean like he's such an established name and for him to be in like match two in PWG is a pretty big deal. And I just think he just gave so much. But yeah, a, a very, to use what the kids are saying, a very mid match for me. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I feel like I've been like, because I not having ever heard of his name before I started doing this podcast, I feel like I've been pleasantly surprised with Stradlin so far. Uh, and he certainly wasn't bad in this match, but yeah, it was a very, uh, one of those pros pro matches where everything is fine, but I, I, I can't say I was, I was really wowed by it. I did laugh when they're doing some very basic grappling early on and Stradlin grabs like an arm ringer and in his most like WWE melodrama style, he looks around and said, this is my opportunity. It's like, you have an arm ringer on, right? <laughs> the match is like 60 seconds old. Let's just calm down here. I think, I think as great as Daniels is, and we've seen him have some good matches, I think he's also capable of, of falling into that kind of trap of just doing the, the very solid match, you know, second on the card where it's just, it's just kind of there. You know, yeah. yeah, I feel like this is very Christopher Daniels comes to your local indie and puts your guy over. Yeah, like he didn't go too wild. He made sure Stratton looked good, but yeah, he didn't bust his hole trying to have a classic or anything like that. Stratton's kind of grown on me. Um, yeah. I don't know if it has anything to do with the lilac trunks. It probably has a lot to do with the lilac trunks. But yeah, Christopher Daniels. As Sarah was saying, like this is 2004 Christopher Daniels, but in PWG, he's been like lame. He hasn't really given anything. It's very lazy. It's weird. Like it, it it's very strange because didn't he? Like I forget what show it was because probably in the grand scheme of things, it was probably only a few months ago in PWG. But for us, it was like two years ago. Um, like Christopher Daniels, like cut a promo like at the end of the show. I think it was when he was he against AJ. And he was all about like, oh, I'm going to come back and I'm going to go for the title and I'm going to do this. Um, maybe that was AJ. Maybe I'm getting confused. But I feel like Christopher Daniels should be doing more here and he's not. I think you can fall into the trap with Daniels as well where he's just saying what, you know, I think you're meant to say in those moments if he was, you know, maybe even not even planning to come back and just be like, oh, this title means so much to me and I vow to win it one day. But really, it's just, you know, wrestling bullshit. True. Like, I suppose Steve Carino did cut the exact same promo. <laughs> you forgot Don't you worry about me. I will be back. <laughs> this isn't the last. This is not the last. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you're right, sir. I think it was, uh, it was the three-way with AJ and Kaz. Yes, that was it. It was, it was a fine match, which Stradlin... One via roll up after Daniels went for the Angels' wings. Yeah, in about yeah fifteen minutes. Our next match features the debuting Austin Aries taking on Chris Hero. When they're being introduced, Dino Claus says that Aries didn't tell him what he wants for Christmas, and Aries said the most Austin Aries things ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in Christmas. Of course, that's something he'd say. 
and then Hero got on the mic and said he thinks Christmas is awesome. Which is among the most Chris Hero things to say. Yes. Um, with that Chris Hero face on him when he said something <laughs> silly. It was yeah. it was very amusing. The only thing that I was missing was the jumping jacks around the ring then. <laughs> there was also uh, a lot of banter in this match. Uh, lots of chatting between the lads and the fans. Uh, I was surprised... I mean, I suppose the fans got introduced to this concept. I was surprised they leaned into all the hype jokes for Austin Aries. Yeah, uh, I bet he was fuming backstage about that. I'll go out on a limb and guess. Doesn't seem like someone who takes that in his stride uh, uh, very often. Um, no, definitely not. Uh, elf, of course, being a Christmas show, they called him a little elf. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have specifics written down, but I just put that the crowd were being incredibly annoying during this match, like more so than they were in general. I think it was possibly because there was a little bit of banter at the beginning of the match that the wrestlers reacted to, and it was kind of that thing of, you gave them an inch, so of course they took 10,000 miles and wouldn't shut the fuck up for the whole remainder of the match. Yeah, Austin didn't... Aries would love an inch. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> That's what the crowd would say. Not me. No. I don't make hype jokes. No, 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 no. I have a question which I may have asked before. Go on. I just want to know how people feel about when the kind of knee pad and kick pad go into each other and it looks like sort of like a thigh high boot on wrestlers. How we feel about that as a look? Uh, I like it. I really yeah. like it. Yeah, I yeah, think I it's the best it. look. Because uh, this is the era where everyone had it. Yeah. So I, I got a bit used to it as just the style of the time. <laughs> I, I also, in general, am, I, I'm pro kick pad jokes aside. I'm pro kick pad. Yeah. I, like, I like kick pad. I like Same. kick pad. But you have to kick. You have to kick. You have to be. Oh. Um, <laughs> they're just more stylish. I think so. I think on women as well, it looks great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you got you got to be a kicker. It makes you seem like a phony if you just have kick pads and you're just a little, a little grapple boy, you know. Uh, you know, you got to be a, a Mike Bailey style. That's just gonna say. What do you think about Mike Bailey wearing kick pads with no shoes? I uh, like it. I, was, I I hate all the shoeless perverts of indie wrestling. I'm sorry, it's like disgusting. It. Uh, like we've seen Mike Bailey many times live, and we've also you know you look down at any of the shows we've been at. We've been in some interesting venues. I'm like, how are you walking on this? You <laughs> you, you are crazy. You're crazy. Um, so uh, sticky. Wait, what is what is the supposed gain of that? It's a martial arts thing. You don't wear. It's just legit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I suppose just... in kind of like the fantasy world, it's if you grew up doing martial arts and all you've done is like with your bare feet, then to kind of transition into wrestling, it would be tough. So you just keep your shoes off. <laughs> and look, it helps make a noise as well. If we look at it purely from that point of view. Wearing the kick pads and no feet just helps you hear it a bit better. It does the tie slap for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have a question about Go this on. match as well. Moving on from kick pads. I, I have a question. Does anyone else... No, actually, how do I want to phrase this question? <laughs> what in the logic of caving? Okay, what is happening when Chris Hero does that thing he always does, where he's got he, someone has him in an arm ringer, and he does the little the little mini little kip ups, the little oh, scoot yeah. along the ground like a dog itching its arse. 
what what is that supposed to be doing to get him out of a hole? I think it looks so stupid, and I don't like it. He's he's inching his way out. Like, so I like it. I like it in in the context of the headlock, where he does that because he did that in this match in like Austin Aries, like squ- squeezed harder. I actually really like that spot. But I just think, I just think, like, but how is he inching out of a wrist lock? Oh, I, suppose, no, I, I think it's sort of. Sorry, I was thinking of the headlock as well. I think the idea is it's pulling it away from you. Mm. You know what I mean? It's making it harder for you to keep a grip. Okay. Okay. I, I think. I think that's that's what I would assume. It is a little. It's, it's a bit wacky, and it's a bit. Yeah, it's, it's a bit. It's a bit like you know where they roll through and. Yes. Yeah. Over. It's a bit tape nerd, which of course he is. Very yeah, tape it, nerd. It's, oh my really, god. That's, that's you know. It's so yeah. It's so I watched someone do this on a rapid share upload. Um, <laughs> um, you know, back in the day, the first half of this match they did do a, a lot of kind of grappling, but it was like really intense, and it was like way more engaging than. I, you know, not to like, I'm not trying to knock the like the Daniel Strider thing was some terrible match. It was like just it was like fine. But whereas this, I was way more interested mm. and kind of engaged in the grappling. And yeah, there was a point where Aries just had a normal like side head lock on, and Hero's trying to do that thing where he does like the little hops to get out, and Aries kind of sees it, and then he like wrenches in because he's like, I know that, I know that trick, you know. Um, uh, so I like that spot. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I thought this was uh, a, a really really entertaining match. Yeah, like in this time, it, it's it's funny. Like Austin Aries, like a week later, he becomes Ring of Honor champion. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the level Austin Aries is at in this moment in time. What a great addition! And to have him against Hero, like Austin Aries was class. Like let's let's face facts here. Like yeah. he was back in the day, and I just think he could go pound for pound with Hero being his little tape nerd self and doing all these things like he was not out of place because he was at that standard and I was the same Barry I was really engaged by it because the grappling was good and then like they did kick it up another notch then about halfway into the match where you know they were you know outside of the ring and there's a bit more um there's a bit more action going on just a, it was it was a very good match, and it's one like if you were in the crowd, I would have been really loving it. Yeah, I think as well. Like Austin Aries has sort of become an underrated wrestler because of who he is. Yeah, um, like he's always been great. He was great in WWE as well. He's, he's great just, in TNA. Um, one of my favorite TNA eras was was the his climb to the top. That was kind of one of their last great hurrahs, I think. Yeah, that's right. I think Sarah, yeah, I think he, I think he is a little bit underrated now because he's he's kind of a little bit untouchable, completely understandable, just to be clear. But like in a way that you kind of think like, yeah, he he was also a lot like sort of Danielson and and and, and uh, Roderick Strong is another example. He was good basically straight away and and only got better with time. So yeah, even here relatively early in his career, he was uh, he was so like he was he was above a lot of the people on this show in terms of just like um, uh, polish. Yes. So a hero takes this with uh, Texas Cloverleaf, I think it was. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, he did like a shin breaker and then straight into it. It was really nicely done. Our next match is a tag team match with uh, the odd couple, Kevin Steen and El Generico, facing Scorpio Sai and Quicksilver, whose tag team name I can't remember. Ariel Express. Yes, yes. What did you think of this, Emma? I really liked this. It was very messy. 
and like a bit kind of chaotic. But I think that's what we're getting from our tag matches here. So it was incredibly PWG. Youngstein, so fast. Like, I just, I forgot how fast he could be. Yeah, he, he, he's proper athletic. Like, not this, he's slowed down now. Well, he has, but like, that's that's age as well. That's the age. He's yeah. taken. Um, yeah. yeah, Youngstein, like, I remember seeing him for the first time in Ring of Honor and just being like, oh my God, this guy is incredible. He's so fast. He can do any move. And he's chubby like me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of like issues with, you know, who's the legal man and all of that. But yeah. That that's exactly what happens, and I don't, I don't, I think I don't think PWG should have a legal man step because they're yeah, they should just do lucha tags. Who yeah, cares? because that's what they do anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I enjoyed Kevin Steen on the co- on the apron as well. So whenever Generico was in, Kevin Steen was just digging him out for the whole thing. Don't do that. That's stupid. Come on, get up. <laughs> yeah. I knew that wouldn't work. He's brilliant. He's just he, he just has a great, great mind for this, and they like their team as well. Like kind of like their their debut match against each other. They were doing stuff that was getting that reaction out of the crowd. Like oh, like we haven't seen that before. Like the the backbreaker moonsault combo. Like that back got this big like ooh kind of out of the crowd. So they 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 are bringing a pace and a quarter. The more you think about it, like what, what what would go on to be synonymous with like PWG style, they were kind of more integral to it than I than I would have thought. I you know, um, they being uh, El Generico and Kevin Steen because they're like the pace of their match is different to everyone else's, and they're busting out stuff that the crowd hasn't seen before, and that's kind of those are kind of two hallmarks of the of the company during its peak years. And you forget how young they are; they're what like twenty here. Like it's actually kind of insane how well they've established themselves, like coming down from from Canada and, and co- coming here, and like the fact that Kevin Steen was that like loud mouth obnoxious character then, like he has not changed ever. He has been the exact same Mister Resting Kevin Steen the minute he developed that character. I, and I just think that's a testament. Like you said earlier, the brain that he has for this business is just unparalleled. Yeah, I think I think you could say similar for Generico. Like the, that that's straight away. That's El Generico. Do you know what I mean? He's the see. the plucky underdog. Oh, see, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the same. He has the mannerisms down straight away. He knows how to act up to Kevin Steen. Like be totally subservient but in a, in a good way like he doesn't come across as a lackey or anything like that he's just inherently good it's just so interesting to see the the beginning of it all that phrase like you and I were meant to do this forever I think is really like that's that's Steen and Generico every single company they've ever been in they've done like a storyline of being like a tag team and best friends oh look at them they've known each other forever and they've been through the wars together and then that bastard Steen turns on them every single time did they ever do it the other way around in WWE I know they didn't before WWE um, I haven't watched main roster WWE yeah. in a long time, so I don't know. I think they once did Steen turned on Generico because he 
preempted Generico turning on him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they've ever gone full Sami Zayn turns on Owens. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I suppose, like, that's the type of thing they probably would think about because they are too, they're such, like, smart, like, wrestling brain guys. And they know that they are inescapably linked together. I mean, it is kind of funny that, again, just within the context of when we were recording this, like, a few, probably a few months ago at this stage, really, there was talk of them perhaps leaving. But it was like, even though they are two separate people with two separate families who have only been a team on and off, the conversation was constantly about, will they leave WWE together and go elsewhere? It was just so funny. Like, And I think they kind of know as well that that is the, per- the perception of them. Seeing it, seeing it form this way is so, so fun. It's funny, like the WWE thing that you said there is funny because like when Steen resigned, no one even asked then if Generico is resigning. Yeah. Like, well, he's he's yeah. resigned too. And then it was like confirmed, like I think it was like six weeks later. It's like, yeah, we already knew that. It's like, no, you yeah. didn't. You just, just because Steen resigned, you assumed he did too. That's that's kind of what made, jumping at uh, spoilers for uh, our episode 10 years in the future. That's what made like Generico signing originally uh, so kind of bittersweet and such a, such a, a a weird moment in 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 wrestling at that particular time because that was before Steen had, had, had signed and you didn't really know if he would if he would go and if he would go and if he'd be successful and all that so it was kind of like oh they're like they're like separate now because Generico's going to go to WWE and Steen I don't know we assume he'll just stay here and he'll be Ring of Honor champion for you know the next on and off for the next 10 years you know we we didn't quite realize they would go the same place but I think Steen talks about like that time as well a lot. He was absolutely heartbroken. Yeah. He like he was lost. He didn't know what to do. That like El Generico was gone. He was signed and they never thought he would be signed. Yeah, you know, I can't imagine st- even he thought he'd be signed. Yeah, he was doing a stupid luchador gimmick. Like he was not at all WWE. And WWE hadn't started doing that. He was the first of the kind of the indie take up. Yeah, mm. yeah. First one and, to do sweet Triple H. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so like I think uh, Steen talks about whether it was on his like weekend escapades or maybe the Kevin Steen show, but he does talk about like he he was like he felt a, like a deep depression. He didn't. He really wanted to give up. Well, like I, I could completely get it too. I never would have thought. Kevin Steen was going to get signed by WWE. And TNA at the time seemed to have no interest in him either. Yeah. Really. So I, I could definitely see what the flux that he thought he was in. Yeah, that was really odd. because, And they gave, like, I think Generico had, like, one or two tryout matches there. And they didn't seem to have interest in him either. It was They were very odd. I, I, I don't know what how one or both of them didn't even get a little run there. That's, that's, a, that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to go into the why did TNA know? But I'll, I'll yeah, that's that. that's that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, we'll um, let Garrett Kidney talk about exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think the most memorable uh, heart in mouth moment of this match was uh, they they did multiple teases for the brainbuster, the top rope brainbuster for Generico, and eventually he quote unquote hits it on on Quicksilver. I don't know what happened here. So they're up on the top rope. He lifts him for the brainbuster. Was he intentionally going for a, like a modified version? Because he seems to just come away, come off the turnbuckle. I, I think he over-rotated. Yeah, I, I couldn't quite make out what it was. So basically, like, it, it, 
gets scarily fucked up and Quicksilver gets like hung up on the top rope. Uh, but like a good like foot away from the turnbuckle, like Generico really came away from it. Yeah, he either over rotated or I don't think he lost his footing. I think he was just just a little bit of a miscalculation, and it was very scary. I mean, more scary than that move is anyway. Thankfully, the the landing wasn't wasn't too bad. I was a bit surprised at well, I suppose not really. I suppose when you consider the 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 thrown togetherness of Steen and Generico versus uh, Ariel Express, but I, I I was still caught a little off guard by uh, Sky uh, picking up the win. Uh, just because they've they've kind of done stuff with Ariel Express already, I wasn't expecting them to kind of move back up again. Well, I th- I think the the last match left you wanting more. I thought anyway with Ariel yeah. Express and the Dynasty. Oh yeah, I was going to say like the Ariel Express. I think are becoming an integral part of this tag team division, and I think they're getting better and better. So I don't know. I'm enjoying them kind of getting this time to shine and their moment in the sun. Yeah, and I think Steen and Generico, I don't know this, you you probably all know better than me, but I think Steen and Generico are going maybe down a different path right now as, you know, Kevin Steen not being happy to tag with Generico. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> well, that's li- literally what happens after this match. <laughs> so to explain, to further spoil it, um, <laughs> Dino Claus will not give Kevin Steen a present because he's on the naughty list. Uh, he instead he gives him a slide whistle, like whistles a slide whistle at him. He gives Generico, however, a shirt made of Tijuana silk or a jacket made of Tijuana silk. But Generico is so good hearted, he pleads for Steen to get one too and Dino finally relents and gives Steen a Tijuana silk jacket. Generico struggles to get his on and as he's struggling to get over his head Steen kicks him and gives him a package pile driver and leaves leaves the ring hurling abuse at poor Generico. Yeah, I, 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 it's kind of hard to tell. I was like, was that supposed to be like a funny bit or are they actually split up though? Do you know what I mean? I think it was a bit of both. Yeah, and okay. The funny bit was definitely revealing Santa to be Dino this whole time. <laughs> which was not obvious. Which what? we did not know. Um, Where was Santa from? He was Jewish. <laughs> he was Jewish? Was that that accent? Was? Yes, he was Jew. He was supposed to be Is Jewish. Is that what that was supposed to be? Then doesn't, like, Steen call him... Steen calls him out for being Jewish and Mexican. <laughs> Yes, that's right. That's um, right. So yeah, I think he was trying to do like an old kind of Yiddish man sort yes, of thing. That, that makes sense. God, yeah. that, I'm sure that's even Cabana, worse. Like, I'm, oh my god, <laughs> which I'm sure Cabana would have explained on commentary for us. That's had true. We, had we had commentary, but yes, his voice did. His, accent did, his identity changed a few times throughout. I feel. Um, yeah, he didn't. He persevered at that right <laughs> from the very end. Yeah, I feel it was supposed to be kind of a good-hearted bit. And we, we've we always known, like, we know Steen doesn't like Generico, even from just their two appearances. And, like, the things that he was shouting on the side. So it kind of made sense, and it didn't seem all that malicious. Hmm. Um, I think as well, another reason why Errol Express won is because this was the match that was meant to take place last month. So I assume yes. they just went with what they were always going to go with. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, if you watch them in reverse, it makes sense with Steen attacking Generico and then they faced <laughs> each other. But like, maybe that's the way they were going to go. And then they're just like, oh, fuck it, we'll do it either way. <laughs> we'll make it make sense. Yeah. So our next match is a PWD championship match with new champion Super Dragon defending against Johnny Storm. Okay. Emma will definitely agree with me here, and I think you all will too. I'm sick of the disrespect that Super Dragon's being shown in his own company. The last show wasn't even a title match, and he was, well, that was due to other reasons that he had to leave, you know, early to catch a flight. What was the reason here for him getting his title match midway through the show against someone who didn't even deserve a title match, who's had like two matches in PWG? I'm not yeah, a this fan is of that. Very odd. This is like, yeah, unless it was like Storm had to go early or leave early or something like that. And the reason he got the shot was because they back in this era, people still respected British wrestling and they were like, oh, we've got a Brit coming over. Although, actually, probably not even because this was probably before that even had any prestige, really, would it? I mean, I. No, I don't know. UK kids. Matches would have happened. Okay. Okay. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's very hard to wrap it up. Unless it's like Super Dragon, like subtly trying to say, hey, look, I'm not booking myself on top. I might be the champion, but, you know. I think that's it. I think Super Dragon is booking this. And I just, he cannot book himself. But do you think it's that or do you think it's the title? Because, like, Kaz yeah. got a fairly short shrift of it as well. And yeah, now he's doing it to true. himself. So maybe he just doesn't know how to book his own world title. Yeah, it's like. And even Santa didn't ask Super Dragon what he wanted for Christmas. That's all I wanted to know. I'd say Super Dragon backstage, but don't you fucking dare ask me. <laughs> there, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about this match. No, it was like it was decent, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a Super Dragon match, really. No. no, like I feel like it was a match of two halves, and the second half was a little bit more Super Dragony, and it was good. I don't, like, I think we've talked about this on other episodes. Like, eventually the PWG crowd will become more receptive to more different styles. I They just don't care when you're doing your feeling out process for your epic match. They just want you to start fucking throwing bombs. and, yeah, and hitting fuck the Ring of Honor with that shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> like they don't care. And I understand, again, it's like, oh, we're getting Johnny Storm in. Let's do our little exchanges and all this other stuff. And I just, they just did not care. And to be honest, I can kind of understand why. I don't, I, I you know, because it, it did pick up a lot in the second half of the match when basically they started to have, well, I was going to say a Super Dragon match, but, you know, Johnny Storm can do some some, some crazy stuff as well. You know, they, they he did the big Hurricane Rana to the floor and and um, Poison Rama, po- Rama? Poison Rana one stage uh, on, on in the ring and then off the top rope as well. Like they were doing all this crazy stuff. Uh, and, and it picked up quite a bit. But for the first half, when they're just, you know, trading holes and it's not great as well, they weren't exactly meshing super well. It was just, I don't know. I'm just sick of watching this company and th- the title being the thing I'm like least invested in. And I really just thought, like, my memory's so bad. I really thought it was going to get better that, okay, we have all the Frankie stuff out of the way. We had 
you know, Kaz and Pierce. It's like, no, we're entering this new era now of Super Dragon being this dominant champion and having these great epic matches. When I, I'm not going to lie, the only thing I really enjoyed from this was him curb stomping the shit out of Storm and then Storm doing it again and the crowd were like, ooh. Yeah. And then Super Dragon just curb stomped the shit out of him again. I, like... It just felt very long as well. Maybe that's why it shouldn't have been main event because it wasn't that great. But it was just, it did not have a world title match feel. And that's very annoying to me. And I feel like I am being very negative, but that's just because I want them to be better. (laughs) You're not mad, you're just disappointed. That's exactly it. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, like, I think without the title, this match, that place on the card makes a lot of sense. But don't make Super Dragon your champion then, or put someone else with him. Like, I understand as well that Danielson Joe is is a big match, but like, I don't know. They, I feel they're making problems for themselves that probably don't need to be there. What did you think of the disrespect, Emma? Yeah. <laughs> The match, it annoyed me, and I think I was just kind of sour on it then. Like, it was fine. The I liked the ending. Yeah. Well, like, I like, I thought it was a cool finish. But it was yeah, way it was too long. A super blue thunderbomb. Yeah. That's that's a new one for me, anyway. Well, this is kind of his old, this is the old Super Dragon coming out when he was doing his all his cool top rope lucha shit. So right. it was nice to see that. And it, I think... It was kind of a deserving finish for this match. There was no point in pulling out anything else. Yes, you didn't psycho drive him. You're not getting that. You're not getting that. And I I always like that when it's like establishing a secondary like finisher. And and this level of opponent is the perfect chance to do that because no one thought he was winning anyway. So, So yeah, as we said, Super Dragon takes this in nearly half an hour. Yeah, it's quite long. Long as fuck match. Kind of like what we've talked about, like on other episodes, like about punk and stuff. It was just the style du jour at the time. You had to have your your prestige epic where you grapple for a little bit, feeling that process. That goes fucking twenty minutes, and then you do your big your big moves and 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 your two point nine 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 kickouts, of which Super Dragon did some great ones in this match. I do have to say that as well. He does a great last possible second kickout. So after the match, a red Super Dragon comes out. And attacks him and hits him with the psycho driver. Now, I didn't know anything about this storyline, so this completely took me by surprise. So, I'm actually extremely excited to see where this goes. Did you like when the red super dragon came out? Did you know exactly who it was? No, what? Oh, you don't know the walk and the stance. Is it Steen? No, oh. (laughs) <laughs> did you did you not did you not hear a fan? Yeah. Say, uh, no, I didn't. Okay, so this is this is what the, this is a great indie wrestling moment. Fucking like it just gets so they do this big angle where an imposter comes out and he lays him out, he's got a mask on, you don't know who it is, and then as he's walking to the back, a fan says directly to the camera, Good job, Joey. Well did I thought I thought someone I thought that was ironic. I thought he looked a bit bit uh 
too portly to be Joey Ryan. <laughs> but Joey in 04 was, yeah, he was a, you know, yeah, portly is oh. a nice word, uh, to, in the polite word. But like the way he kicked, like everything, it was very Joey. But yeah, someone. Oh, I was didn't. really hoping it wasn't. No, sorry. So someone oh. in the crowd, right beside the mic, shouts, Good job, Joey. And then I someone he was else. Just being a smart arse. <laughs> and then someone else shouts, that wasn't Joey. That was Super Dragon, which I really enjoyed. That was me. <laughs> so really uh, trying to keep the kayfabe alive. So yeah, sorry about that. It uh, is. If it makes you feel a little bit better, you know, it's not the first or only time someone will don a Super Dragon. That's so true. It is a bit of a trope. Oh, that's that's a shame. Oh well. Oh well. Uh, it was exciting for that thirty seconds. <laughs> Our next match is the returning Colt Cabana against the debuting Spanky, who is being accompanied to the ring by a gentleman called Knuckles. I love this because I feel like we've gotten at the early PWG era. There are just people fucking showing up. You have no clue who they are. You, you try to Google them. Nothing comes up. It's like these absolute nobody weirdos. And then we've kind of, we're now in an era where things are settled down. We're getting our big names, our Spankies, our Joes, our Aries, our Danielson. But I love, I love just, you know, a little call back to the beginning of the show. Who the fuck is Knuckles? Who is I, Knuckles? Was a joke Knuckles? Do you not I, remember from when he does the shoot with London, that first one that like literally everyone was obsessed with, and he talks about him and his buddy Knuckles. No, and, I have no recollection. Oh, uh, I've vivid memories because like I I watched that shoot interview front to back, back to front, clipped it. I I consumed that shoot interview with every inch of my life. Um. And his buddy Knuckles comes up several times. So they were still friends many years later. But who he actually is, I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, I thought, I'm not just saying this to Popzik, I thought it was a joke on the little graphic. I thought they were doing a Sonic and Knuckles joke. That's I how love that. I, I actually thought it was going to be Mickey Knuckles. I also thought, that's what I, also thought. I was like, oh my God, is Mickey Knuckles showing up in PWG? How is that not more talked about? And I was, let me tell you, I was very fucking disappointed. Yeah. Because <laughs> he did one spot and oh, brother. Oh, brother. He was bad. Yeah, I don't think it came from the Shawn Michaels Academy. <laughs> no. To start the match, uh, or before the match even, Colt gets on the mic and does does a type five. Yeah. Um, he talked about the eight nights of Hanukkah. Did anyone... Well, I have most of them. Um, yeah, this was, I suppose, Cabana's er- like early testing out his, his stand-up, which yeah. you know, definitely needs work. So he got he got a trip to California, to PWG. He got a succulent Chinese meal. <laughs> <laughs> he got a Chinese meal for Christmas, which is um, tradition. A Barry Horowitz action figure. Yeah. A recorrective circumcision so he could piss straight. Woody Allen collection. Passion of the Christ on DVD with Hebrew subtitles. (laughs) Um, Is there a better 2004 joke than that? Probably not. And a diamond encrusted yarmulke. Yeah. And then there's one more thing. An audio recording of Vince firing (gasps) Spanky. 
where Spanky didn't want to make money anymore and he hated his job, apparently. So Vince fired him. And then Spanky took to Mike and said, Hanukkah is the pits, and that's all we're going to say about that. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, I, I already tugged my collar when I saw he was on this card, and then I was like, please don't. Please don't have a retort for uh, Cold's Little Tide 5 about Hanukkah. Please don't. It's just like, and he kept it. It was brief, thankfully. One thing I did want to say about his uh, Colts first night gift is a, a you know a booking for PWG in Hollywood, Israel. He said, "Yeah, um, and in the Jewish community center where every boy with dreams to perform." <laughs> so this was this was pretty much just this was like a Colt Cabana match. This was a comedy match. Yeah, Banky was happy to oblige. The two of them just completely wacky. If if the previous match was better, this would have been a nice palate cleanser. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the hits, they did the thing where, like, Cabana was, like, on top of him, and it was, like, a double pin, and so both hands go up, both hands go up, all four hands go up, you know, is all, all that stuff. It was it was fun. Yeah, I think, yeah, if it, if, if it was a, uh, a come-down match that people didn't really need. I do love the idea of, of Spanky, like, getting fired after... I remember at this time, like, he would, like, run around doing weird stuff on SmackDown and, like, uh, like running through the crowd. And he'd have that. Do you remember his music was like, hey, yo, really yeah. good. But I love the idea that he left all that behind and now he's doing <laughs> bad comedy matches. Yeah, it's time to be taken seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and going back to the name Spanky as well, just perfect. I did always love Spanky Leonardo, though. I thought that was a great name. Oh, I loved that. And coming out to um, a techno remix of My Heart Will Go On. Oh, (laughs) so good. I did watch his match um, when he was in Japan against that smelly fella um, (laughs) a few months ago. Good wreck for you all. Who's that smelly fella? Oh, was it Stinky or Smelly? The wrestler. Oh, Smelly was his name. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to think, okay, who is known for being a stinky wrestler? I can't remember if it's stinky or smelly, but both are funny. Who would you say is the smelliest wrestler in PWG? Oh, God. Um... Jordy Franz. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just um, stale. Yeah. I'm trying to think who'd do it as a bit as well, like <laughs> like Top Gun or someone. Yeah. 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 Cabana just because he tried to be getting like getting a ribbon. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. if he was in there with Spanky, he'd make himself stink or something. Yeah, either that or he stinks a gold bond. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. I like I'd I'd imagine Punk wasn't the freshest either. No, no. You can you, you can tell when someone has a bit of a stink through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone in the crowd tries to get a dreidel chant going, which I enjoyed. He, I think he really believed that someone like the crowd was gonna follow yeah. him and and continue the song, so he just kept yelling dreidel. Dreidel, <laughs> Like that is, there's no worse moment than when someone doesn't take it up with you. Like they're not really a chanty crowd, are they? 
No, they want to get their bits in. Yeah. Not help yours. Um, yeah, not much else to say about the match, really. <laughs> not really, no. I Knuckles think... came in and tried to punch Colt, but uh, hit Spanky instead. He got knocked out. Colt knew CPR, but he couldn't revive him and went to give him mouth-to-mouth and Spanky woke up. <laughs> they had a back and forth after that, like a serious one. And then Colt won with a, it's like a sit-out counter to a wheelbarrow pin. Yeah, it was what it was. Yeah, Spanky couldn't hit a sliced bread, but I no. bet Eva Marie could have. <laughs> Our next match is for the Tag Team Championships as the Havana Pitbulls take on the Dynasty. Good to see the Pitbulls back. Yes, and they were in great form. Yeah, they hit a Cuban Missile Crisis in like the first minute, but Scott Loss comes in and breaks up the pin. The, the the story was really that they were like on fire straight away. They like arrogance really um played oh, yeah. up the, the, the arrogance, weird, sorry, not the dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> uh they they played up that we they are like, oh we're 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 the cowardly little heels and like the baby and we're and you know the, the pit bulls were the like no nonsense heroic, like they were like chopping the shit out of them and they were just like they both looked like they were in like just peak form. It was just they leaned heavier into that kind of dynamic than I thought. Like they really were kind of um, uh, the heels were really kind of like cowering, and every time they squared up, they were getting slapped around, uh, which I liked. I think I think that I think that played well to their strengths, especially Bosch and some some really great strikes from like both the pitbulls in the match to kind of get hammer that home. My heart was just so torn watching this match, <laughs> like really, really just I didn't know who. Like if I was in the crowd. I would know. I just wouldn't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, do I cheer for Scott Lost, who is like my PWG absolute favorite of all time, or do I cheer for Rocky Romero, who is Rocky Romero, who I think is one of the most underrated wrestlers, especially tag wrestlers on the planet? I was beside myself, to be quite honest, and. As such, I didn't really enjoy the match because I was just so <laughs> oh. bored. <laughs> wow. I think, I think the way to sort that was that you should split it between Reyes and Bosch. Yeah. Oh, that's a really tough one because, like... Yeah, for fuck's sake. Ricky, ah, come on now. Come on Ricky, now. Ricky Reyes is Rick Noon, one of the best <laughs> wrestling videos of all time. <laughs> that's true. God, maybe I have to give it to the Pitbulls for that because, you know, you can't, like, Chris Bosch was funny then. It's not funny looking back now. Whereas I think Rick Noon can still be enjoyed by all the family. <laughs> now, go back and rewatch the match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah tag, tag my comments on at the end of the show. Is there <laughs> is there anything to be said for swaying you with the fact that clean shaven 2004 Rocky Romero, he looks like handsome Squidwards? Right. <laughs> if, if, if handsome Squidward was of of of, of Cuban descent, uh, he's very chiselled, very chiselled, handsome face. Oh yeah, he's handsome. He's such a handsome man. Handsome <laughs> you said that like a mother. Ah, he is. Ah, he is all the yeah. same. No, just, let my, uh, just let me lick my. Just let me my fingers and fix his bald head. <laughs> <laughs> any any thoughts yourself, Emma? Yeah, I was really excited for this one. Because this is like I I've loved like I love these two teams. 
I th- thought it started off really well. I enjoyed the stiffness of it. Um, I just thought it got lost. Yeah, same. The, yeah, it really it broke down. Off great, and then just collapsed. Mm. Yeah, I think when they went back and forth, it, it died. Yes. When it was when it was just the the pit bulls beating the shit out of Bosch, it, was, it was great. And like, I don't know what it was. I don't know whose whose fault that was, but yeah, there was just they just didn't sync. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things like you can have two great wrestlers, in this case two great teams, and sometimes the chemistry just isn't there and it's not anyone's yeah. particular fault. And I think that's probably just what happened here is they just didn't mesh. I loved the ending. Oh, I hated the ending. What, what did you like about it? I hated it too. I loved it. I, so, well, I loved Errol Express running in. Uh, yeah, right there, like literally... A second after it happened. Yeah, loved it. So just just to, to give context, Lost brings the belt into the ring to hit Reyes with it. But uh, Sky and Silver are right there. Like, they're right there. Um, and they take the belt off Lost and hit him with it. So Arrogance win by DQ. So explain, Emma, please. Well, no, when they were just, like, going at it then afterwards. And then Bosch and Lost, they, they just kind of, like, creep back. Like, they they show how, like, cowardly they are. And, like, the uh, Air Express and Pimples, they had to be, like, dragged off each other by Excalibur and Talwar. And Talwar wearing a stunning pink collared T-shirt. Oh, it was so good. Stunning. And so good. I just, He's going I, to Six Nations later. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the pipples were just going for it. I thought it was yeah. like, it, like a proper like outside of coppers at four a.m. sort <laughs> of like, just this like drunken testosterone. So Rick Up Newton there. came out. Yes, I loved it. Hell yeah, yeah. Like it did make sense. I, it made sense that the pipples were annoyed because they were cost their title shot. I, I, I don't really get why Aaron Express had to hit Scott Lost or Chris Bosch with the belt. No, but look, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. It really doesn't matter. We got, yeah. we got, the, we got the ending that we, that we wanted. We got, yeah. we, got, we got Top Gun in his little shirt. I exactly. Mean, you know, that's all yeah. that matters. And Excalibur is like, oh, calm down. Get the fuck over there. Come on. Then. We've all had a drink. Come on. Yeah, they did the... Brandy Rhodes, Paige Van Zandt, pull apart. Oh, oh stop! No. Stop! Don't even. Oh God! Yeah, I hated. That. I I liked the pull apart. I hated that. Like Lost just throws the belt in. He's like one of those. I've had enough of this match. Finishes, which I always hate. And then the other team runs in, and time stands still, and everyone just goes silent. Everyone goes silent until the brawl starts. It was just such a a, a, a momentum killer. But I did like. I think the ending didn't really bother me because we've had so many bad finishes in PWG that it does doesn't even rank up there with the worst for me. Right. Yeah. This there is at least one on each card. Yeah. Um, but our next match will have no such shenanigans because it is a no time limit match. There must be a winner. Samoa Joe against Brian Danielson. A number one contendership match for the PWG Championship. Can um, we talk about what they want for Christmas? Please. Please do, yes. Because I love this very classic Samoa Joe wanting a PSP. Yes, <laughs> King. 
loved the PSP. Very here for it. And then Brian wanted something called the WMAC Masters tapes. Yes. And I looked this up. Do you guys know it? Yeah. Okay, I didn't. I I don't either. So, it's the World Martial Arts Council. It was a kind of a kids' TV show, but with martial arts adults. <laughs> um, it was hosted by Bruce Lee's daughter, Shannon, Shannon Lee. So it was kind of like wrestling in that it was, it was a, there was a storyline. Yeah. And they were in this kind of like like a Mortal Kombat fantasy kingdom. I think it was definitely if we could if we could make Mortal Kombat friendly for kids. I think was the vibe yeah. they were going for. Yeah. And they would have matches. To get the, there was like this trophy at the end, or it was like a big star sort of thing. And they had to, so yeah, it was like predetermined, but like these were real martial arts people. I would say a lot of them were like stunt guys and stunt, yeah. stunt women. It was, it was oh. really cool. It was <laughs> cool. Sound class. Yeah, it yeah, was I really want, cool. Very nice. Give me the tape. T- tell me this. Do you think there'd be um, interest in a podcast about it? Ah, look. No, there's only two seasons from what I remember. Well, we're only a year and a half into PWG, three years into the podcast. I mean, we'd have a lot to talk about. I, yeah, I'd actually be very curious to check some of that. Uh, I think it's all on YouTube now. Um, well, maybe Brian got it for Christmas. and we... uh, Brian, if you're listening, um, <laughs> could you send that over, please? So, the match then. Uh, well, no, before the match, uh, Danielson got, which is always one of my favourite things in indie wrestling, the pitiful three streamers. <laughs> the, yeah, the paltry American offering. Is it just because, like, did Brian get them because they just, because, like, fans just associated with Japan? Yes. And for Brian, yeah, Brian was back, I assume, from a tour or something, and they thought, oh, well, he'll love this. Uh, two bits of fluff thrown in the ring. Yeah, that was definitely what it was at the time. If you'd been to Japan, you got streamers. Yeah. Even though he definitely didn't get streamers in Japan. No, 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 no. Uh, one, other, one other note before we get into the actual match. Absolutely incredible sideburns on Mr. Samoa Joe. Just <laughs> unbelievable. What an alpha. King. Joe is so funny because like Joe has a lot of those types of looks that should be extremely lame, but he sort of pulls them off like like his fedoras and stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my precious beloved picture with Samoa Joe in Cathy in Glasgow, he's wearing a flat cap and he's like four pints of cider next to him, but he's still Samoa Joe and he looks great. I, th- I thought this was a very good match. I thought it was a shade below their previous match, but but I enjoyed it a lot. What about yourselves, uh, Sarah? Yeah, I was the same. Like, two of the best of this time going at it. You know what I mean? Like, what is there to say? Like, I was, I, I, I agree, though. I think it was a shade below their last one. I think the last one was just a very, I don't know, there's a bit more fire or something about it, whereas yeah. this one, I, don't, I just don't think it ever got to that level. But I really enjoyed it, though. And it, it's great to know that we're going to have Joe like hanging around a lot more in PWG. What did you think of the match, Emma? Yeah, I mean, uh, the same. Everything I, I like it's one of the matches I didn't actually write down much about because I was just watching it. Mm. I yeah, I liked it. Same wasn't 
as good as the last one. It was nice to have a finish, though. Yes. And of all the long matches that were on the card, the fact that this only went, what, like 20 minutes or so, you would have thought that they could get the extra 10, 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah, I think they tried to do the clever, like, Joe Punk 3, where they're like, it's no time limit, so we're actually going to go really short. Yeah. I could have I could have watched another 10 minutes, I'd say. Yeah, like, I think this was the time to do finisher kickouts and stuff like that, because there wasn't even a catamulation in it or anything like that. So there was definitely another level I felt they could kick up to. Yeah, but I wonder if they're saving it for, I don't know, you always, always keep something in the holster, I suppose. But yeah, it is funny that, like, Johnny Storm got more, like, 2.9 near falls in his match than than this one yeah, it was really good really good again kind of like the tag match is really stiff the lads just you know knocking shades out of each other it was really really great joe did a big mad tope always oh, nobody bust that out yeah i still really pop for like joe's old moves like the st joe and the powerbomb into the stf and stuff like that like just real peak samoa joe uh, in one final uh, uh moment of crowd annoyance Brian does a big, mad, long uh, airplane spin, and these fuckers could not get in unison to count the the spins. I mean, like, come on. It's the easiest thing in the world. Also, like, most wrestling fans don't even count the spins. Just count the seconds, lads. That's all they really do. You're not actually counting revolutions here. Just count up to, to 15 or whatever it is. But I think some of them were doing that, and then there were some sticklers in the crowd going, nope, that's actually two turns. Um, <laughs> you know, Like, if crowds of, like, 20... Well, that's an exaggeration. Of, like, 8,000 people can do it for Cesaro. Like, come on. I think a crowd of 150 can do Well, sorry, 200. 200, please, Sarah. Can, can do it. Like, you know, it's a bit ridiculous. They, they wrapped it up pretty quickly. Uh, Danielson goes to hit the flying headbutt. So he, he climbs out of the ring, uh, but he falls to the ground because he's, he's so battered. Uh, which gives Joe enough time that by the time Brian gets up on the turnbuckle, uh, Joe catches him and hits the muscle buster for the three count, which is cut off on the video. You get one, two, and then it cuts out. <laughs> but I can confirm that that was the finish. Yeah, even if you, even if we were to recommend the show, I don't know if I'd be saying rush to high spots to buy the the MP4 based on the uh, the the condition it's in. But yeah, really really strong main event. As we say every time, like these two, either apart or together, it's just like uh, they are—they are just so clear cut, like the top of their game in, in on the scene at, at this time. That means Samoa Joe is now number one contender for Super Dragon's title, which that's very exciting. That is exciting, and that is the end of the show as well. There were some segments after the show on the DVD, but unfortunately. They weren't on this version, but as I said earlier, Sarah found one for us, and it involves Spanky and Brian Danielson, Sarah. Yeah, so um, Spanky goes up and he's like, hey, Brian, congratulations on a really hard-fought victory tonight. You did so well. I'm really proud to be your friend. Uh, And Brian has to cut him off being like, I didn't win. I I didn't win, Spanky. And Spanky's like, what do you mean he didn't win? And then he gets up and walks over. And he's like, Samoa Joe, congratulations on a hard-fought victory tonight. You did so well. And Joe's like, thanks, man. I know I tried really, really hard. 
it's a great match really hard fought victory and that's it 30 seconds of um spanky not watching the main event <laughs> uh which seems very in character yeah relatable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh i read a list of them as well the only one that's really worth mentioning is that kevin steen gives out that he's been stuck with El Generico ever since he debuted in PWG. He can't stand being around him. Uh, first he's lost to him, now he's lost because of him. And he begs PWG management not to put him in a match with Generico again. So I don't know this, but I'm hoping this is an ongoing thing where he keeps being put in matches with El Generico. Yeah, stay tuned to find out. So it was, uh, it was an all right show. Um, nothing offensive on it, but I wouldn't say top tier or anything no we've we, we've kind of graduated into a really solid era currently and the of the kind of higher bar that that era has i'd say yeah this didn't quite hit it but not not as bad as let's say like the some of the first run shows but uh, yeah yeah it's sort of thumbs in the middle ish yeah i mean to use the term sarah used earlier very mid i thought it was going to be tough with that commentary but it really was an easy watch a very mid show um with not a lot to it but like again like i enjoyed the the three hour watch that it was i am very interested to know though what excalibur disco and cult thought of the show like i i i wish one of us had the dvd so we could find out or at um excalibur if you're listening which you're probably not if you can remember what happened in December 2004 on the show and your thoughts and feelings on it, let us know. I did a bit of looking because I, I was really nervous about where we were going to find the show and it wasn't on high spots. I know you can buy DVDs on eBay, but there wasn't any up at the moment. There was on high spots, or it might have even been RF video, but um, uh, a VHS of it. Stop. What? Yeah. I can't even believe they made them. Mm, or did someone? Or did someone make convert it? Convert yeah. it onto well, VHS to sell. Then I definitely saw it on RF video because that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Firing up the VCR, everyone gather around. Does anyone even have one? No, uh, no, no. There might be one in my parents' house that was like one of the the TV VCR combo things. Yeah. I had one of them until, okay, not that recently, but like pretty recent because like back in the day we had all the WWE shows on tape and that like were recorded straight from the Skybox. So I had a lovely tape library that I just watched and consumed and that was until very recently until we convert them all onto a hard drive. So that wraps up the show, but not this episode. As we move on to our world famous segment, <laughs> wow. Furious Gorilla. Chris asks Out of the current era of PWG shows you've watched so far, which three wrestlers in PWG would you have selected to represent the company in King of Trios tournaments during that era? Thank you very much, Chris, for the question. I mean, it's, it's a very basic answer, but like, it has to be SBS. You know, yeah. Disco, Excalibur, and Dragon. Like, I would pick Shock Horror, Scott Lost as the number one. Chris Bosch, obviously. 
and now they have adopted Funky Billy Kim. Oh, <laughs> of course. Nice. Get the funky yeah. one in there. Mine would be Super Dragon, Steen, and Generico. No, oh, nice, nice, very good. Uh, I would probably go with Arrogance and Super Dragon. I'd have an odd couple team, uh, but I think they would be the right balance of representing PWG and also being you know, Ooh, a team. Yeah. I think would be good in in, in Chikara. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they'd all be they'd all be good picks. You'd, you'd be excited to see them announced. Thanks very much, Chris, for the question. I will read out the next one from Swing Dog. If you are a wrestler, very simple one. What would your finisher be? Oh God, um, Emma, you look ready to go. I because I think about this all the time, and I was really annoyed that like it would essentially be Alicia Fox. <laughs> I just think a Northern Lights suplex, but like a yeah, it would be a Northern Lights suplex sort of finisher. I think. Cool, cool. I would go with the Fire Thunder Driver. Or Rikishi Driver. It, it was a finisher that sort of disappeared for a while. And a lot of people are doing it now, which is annoying. Because do you remember Walter brought it back? And yeah, I, I love that move. So yeah, that would be mine. I think I could throw a mean lariat if I tried. Um, <laughs> so I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. You don't actually have to be able to do the move. <laughs> well, no, I don't think so. But but that's, that's I would like to try. Yeah, <laughs> if that's the type of wrestler you'd be. Yeah. Stan Hansen. Yeah. I'm very Stan well, Hansen in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> if I tried mine, which is going to be the Phoenix Splash, I might die. <laughs> I have so. faith in you. Or I'll do a hesitation drop kick. But that's not a very finishing move. That's a nice setup. No, it'd be a good setup. Finish. It'd be a good yeah. setup to the Phoenix Splash. Yeah. So thanks, Sween Dog, for that that question. Thank you. Okay. So Will asks, was there a point in your PWG fandom where you stopped watching? If so, what inspired you to do so? And he also says, P.S. Thank you for the Super Dragon recommends. The DVD was great fun, and I like him now. Yay. Yeah, I think I definitely stopped watching around... 2016, 2017, when all the the good guys <laughs> started leaving, um, when the indies started kind of evaporating, and there was no, like I know PWG is not known for storylines, but there really wasn't any cohesion from one show to another, um, and I just kind of fell off then, and only watched like matches that were recommended to me, I suppose. And definitely right now, I'm, I am I don't think I've kept up with it in the last two years. I was the same. I was watching all the way up until when Chuck won the title from Zack Sabre Jr., which is one of my favourite all-time PWG matches. Um, but then he drops the belt to Ricochet straight away, pretty much. Um, and then he wins it back from Ricochet had one title defense against Trent where he completely broke Trent um, and then dropped it to Keith Lee. And to be honest, at that time, like with Emma was saying, all the good guys are kind of leaving. There was no 
there's no long-term storytelling anymore because people are getting signed up from here, there and everywhere. And like I, I dipped in for the bolas, but even then I just found it very hard to follow. So yeah, that, that was really the end of my, I suppose, love for PWG. I, I think I'm kind of similar to the girls. I think maybe I, I, I finished up a little bit earlier. Like I was watching everything um, every single month from like 2010 up until... Around, I, I have some 2015 DVDs that I have still not watched. Um, so that was kind of the thing. I was in that. I was not. I kind of lost a little bit of interest again when people started to leaving. Like like Generico and then eventually Steen. I mean, those were two big departures for me. Uh, and I kind of kept buying for the first couple of months after that. But uh, my interest waned. So around 2015 is where I dropped off. And it wasn't any particular match or angle or one particular guy leaving. It was just gradually there was enough stuff changing and that I, I, I just sort of lost interest. But I, I couldn't pin it on one thing. I actually have an add-on. I remember that when Steen left, I felt like there was a big gap on the kind of guest commentary because we had Chuck Taylor, which was great. But when they used to just kind of switch between you'd have Steen, Chuck, Chris Hero, all kind of guesting on commentary, it really made like the shows fly by. It was great. But then when a lot of them left, you'd have Chuck, then you'd have like Sammy Callahan and they'd get like Joey Ryan back. And it was just, yeah, I think it left a big hole. Yeah, that's a good point. I never really thought of that. And, you know, then at one point, all three of them were gone. Yeah. That that is a big loss. I think now just Excalibur does it by himself, doesn't he? Yeah, I think, did Dan Barry do it for one? Or am I making that up? I don't know. I haven't watched it. Yeah, I can't tell you either way. Thank you for that question. Yeah, we've got um, one question here from Johnny Kickpads. <laughs> and Johnny asks, um, if there was to be an episode of Dark Side of the Ring based on a PWG wrestler, era, or match, what would you like to see? Okay, uh, I would like to see uh, an episode about the drama surrounding who owns the belts and... and uh, Vanderpile storm a dramatic slow motion recreation of him storming off with the 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 belts, uh, and also just a, a dramatic recreation of him furiously typing on the message board. Yeah, that's a good one because there is a lot to that that I want to know about. My one would be, uh, where did Nosawa disappear to? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to know what happened. Maybe even like, you know, another 15 minute, like the last segment being about what he got up to since then, because he has had a colorful career. (laughs) My answer is Adam Pierce in Vegas. I want to know the tale of destruction that he left behind. (laughs) What happened to the deltoid girl? Like, was that what's called? Altoid? Deltoid? I want to know what happened to Chicken Head Trish. Where is she now? The man that he was giving the talk to on the street. The mime. I want to know the ins and outs of everything to do with that Vegas trip. Well, I use that in air quotes. Yeah, I just want to know everything. And I think it would make for a great episode. Very nice. Okay, my answer is definitely I would love it to be on which is i suppose i'm kind of cheating here but 
the Eddie Kingston, Chris Hero shoot fight in the ring. Yeah. I think you could do a whole episode on the two of them because it does get dark <laughs> um, and have that be kind of the climax of it. Uh, that's definitely an episode I want to see. And maybe I'll get my, my wish. Love that. Okay, our final question comes from Snowboy, who asks us to cast a Peacock Limited series about this era of PWG. Barry, we'll go at you first. Okay, I have some picks here. Now, this is a tough question. This is a tough question because, like, if it's a Peacock Limited series, you're not uh, you don't want it to be like too good. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, you're going for some kind of middling uh, stuff here. So, in the role of Baby Slim. <laughs> I am casting uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is in, you know, Inger Goes West and a couple of other things. Ice Cube's son, a good actor. Um, and, you you know, we're going to have to do a little bit of CGI de-aging, I think, to make this work, okay? So I'm not saying it's perfect, but as Mr. Disco Machine, David Schwimmer. Oh. <laughs> uh, so that's, my, that's two I got off the top of my head. Uh, Dragon, you could probably cast as anyone because he's masked the whole time. I would love it if it was a recurring bit on the show that you never saw uh, a Dragon's face. He walks into the frame and the camera is like behind like some pots and pans in the kitchen hanging from the roof and you just never see his face. Yeah, this is tough because I don't really know actors. I'm not really uh, you know, I don't know. It's a... See, I've I was. I think I misunderstood the question because I thought that it was going to be the wrestlers in a Peacock series about like wacky hijinks that they would get up to, <laughs> and that's how I read the question. So I haven't really given it much thought. Well, how would you cast that? Yeah, because I want to go refer back to my earlier my King of Trios with um. Super Dads, uh, Scott Lost and Chris Bosch and their son, Funky Billy Kim. <laughs> a bit, you know, it would be very uh, Billy Madison of this, you know, adult um, being treated like a child, essentially, is, is what I kind of had going on, to be quite honest. So for my one, I, I've only got a few. Um, Super Dragon, I think I'd, I'd cast Danny McBride. Oh my god, that's so good. Oh um god. Excalibur would be John Hader. Okay. Uh your man from Napoleon Dynamite. Um Disco Machine, I went for Timothy Oliphant, just because I wanted oh, to have him. Oh great. Um then the only other one I had was Human Tornado, and I don't know if I have the budget for this, but uh Lake Keith Stanfield. Oh yes, absolutely. No, that's great. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. I'd, I'd watch this. I would watch this. <laughs> I would um, absolutely watch this. So I don't know if that's more HBO than Peacock, but yeah, that's what I'd go maybe, for. Yeah, maybe a little too good, but, you yeah. know, um, uh, I, I think that's pretty good. So what about Emma? Yeah, let's hear from Emma. Well, my answers are very, like, incredibly similar to, similar to Zig, which is kind of freaky. Um, the only other one I had was for Chris Hero. I was thinking Chris Hemsworth would be great, but we're not going to get Chris Hemsworth on this. So no. we get the other Hemsworth brother that isn't <laughs> Liam. Yes. Chris or Liam. There's like a third one. 
What? Yes. I, there is a third Hemsworth. Yes. Oh my yeah, God. Yes. He's yeah. also been on Home and Away, I think. Uh, probably. I mean, if you're Australian, you can't get out of Australia without yeah. appearing on either Home and Away or Neighbours. Yeah, that was the only other one I had. <laughs> I was really, I really wanted a good one for Christopher Daniels, but I could not, I couldn't get it. That's the one that's kind of been going over my mind. Like, who could it be? Uh, it's a shame PWG has zero women. Uh, who who would you cast? Who would you cast as Valerie? <laughs> Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher says Zig. Hmm. That's not bad, actually. Uh, no, sorry, I'm, that's so, so you're thinking of SoCal Val there, are you? Oh yes. Yeah, Who's the other one? The other girl, the blonde girl, Valentina. Or... Valentina, sorry, excuse me. No, excuse I don't me. even know that that's her name. What was her name? I think it's it, Valentina. I, oh, yeah, Valentina. Okay, yeah. That's tougher. It's tough because it's such a limited, it's a like. limited role, you know. It's such a limited role. Yeah, um, we'll have to, we'll have to. Well, send us, send us your suggestions, everyone. If you've a, a casting idea for 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 this show, specifically for Valentina. Well, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I think we need Sydney Sweeney involved. So ah, uh, yes, absolutely. I think we'll she just should be throw involved her in. in everything. Uh, I'm forward. still hung up on this third Hemsworth brother. I've looked him up. He was in two. What's his name? Of- uh, Liam. Luke. No, Luke. Luke. Sorry, Luke. Luke. Yeah, okay. He was yeah. in two episodes of Young Rock. <laughs> oh, well, there oh, you really? go. Really? Okay, yeah. He, um, already, yeah. he already knows the background. Yeah. Yep, there um, you go. Who could, we, who could see Sydney Sweeney be? Um, fucking. Uh, we haven't covered. We haven't got Candice. Chicken yet. Head Trish. Oh, my. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah, we could really, we could really elaborate on the Vegas trip. Um, uh, you know, really, yes. the whole episode. Um, yes, I think we've done. I think we've done well there. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Snowboy, for that question. That wraps up Curious Gorilla, which also wraps up our show. It was great to be back. Delighted to be doing it again, and I'm afraid to say that we'll be more consistent going forward, but I think we will be. I think we will be as well. I think we'll be back fairly soon. I ain't saying nothing. Do not want to jinx. <laughs> so do please join us for our next show, whenever that may be, when we cover PWG card subject to change. But in the meantime, any questions you have, you can send to at Gorilla Island on Twitter, gorillaisland at gmail.com. Or if you want to follow any of us on Twitter, my own personal one is at Zig on the Rocks. At the Barry Lad. Sarah Flan. At O underscore Emoji. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>